Let us pray. God of frail belief, when we take account of the tragedies of this world, it is difficult to believe there is a powerful and loving God with us. There is so much we wish you would intervene in to bring justice and healing now. We trust that you are a God who is patient with these doubts, a God who is not threatened by our unbelief, but draws near to us in it. Help us toward an understanding of you that includes tension and mystery. Let us be empathetic with our souls which have endured so much suffering and have a right to ask deep questions of the divine. But as we do, let us find an empathy for you, a God who is no stranger to suffering but endures all things with us, that we might find full liberation. Let our doubts lead us into deeper intimacy with the divine as we tell the truth of the questions that plague us. Amen. Please be seated. This is a prayer from Black Liturgy's creator, Cole Arthur Riley, that I just think resonates this week. It is good to see all of you. I was told that today is low Sunday because everyone that was here last week is set for a few weeks or maybe until Christmas, but this is a, this is a beautiful group. Uh, I must say, I, I am very happy to see all of you here this morning. If you are joining us for the first time or if you are here with us, things look a little different, so I just want to start off by saying that and I'll share a little bit more in the announcements, but um, we are happy and delighted. I am happy and delighted that you are here. Our lessons during Eastertide reflect a risen Christ so for the next few weeks, we will not see an Old Testament lesson. This may not mean much to some of us, but I just want to name that for those of you who are used to seeing an Old Testament lesson. I know who you are and you know who you are. Uh, and so I just want to make sure you're aware. But uh, here this morning, we get more from two of Jesus' disciples. And so I kind of want to focus and, and hope that you'll walk with me. Um, because between Timothy, Thomas, and Peter, and James, and Edward, I just was a little tongue twisted by the end of, uh, of writing the sermon. So I, I hope I am able to carry you along this morning um, through, this, through this message that we have. So Jesus' friends who love him, who are in our scriptures today, show us that they are human that they are just like us. And we repeat this and say this over and over again, but I think today, Jesus, friend of sinners, really becomes a true statement in our lessons. Our main characters today all experience a transformation that was made possible by Jesus' own transformation. In our first lesson, Peter is preaching, and this is happening after Jesus had been raised. So I just want to tell this a little bit, give more details about where, where we are in this story. It is the day of Pentecost when Peter, along with the other disciples, were gathered together, all receiving the Holy Spirit. And Peter is preaching about the significance of Jesus' resurrection, naming all of the prophecies that came to fulfill of the Old Testament. So we have, to, we have to include these details when I tell this story because we, we want to pick up, we pick up today where, where Peter is preaching 
And his audience is the church's own skepticism, doubt, and despair, which I think that Peter can relate to. Because if you recall, what did he just do a few days before? Peter was called to be a disciple at the beginning of Jesus' ministry in the water, but more has happened with him. In Matthew's version of the Passion, which was what was assigned in our lectionary this year, so that's what we read here at Trinity, we heard Peter say some of these phrases. Even though I must die with you, I will not deny you. But then a few, a few verses later, as you all rem- remember the Passion be- being proclaimed here uh, last, uh, during, the, uh, during that lesson here, was also, I do not know the man. And saying it three times. So this conflicts with the Peter that we are getting this morning. And it makes you wonder, perhaps, if this is your first time in church or this is your time looking at scripture, you're like, well, are there more Peter? And you were only here when we read the Passion. You're like, are there more than one Peter in, this, in the scriptures? Because I'm, I'm a little confused. No, it's the same Peter. So how did this happen? Because today in our lesson, we are meeting this Peter in Acts that has been transformed, that is preaching about Jesus being both Lord and Messiah. This same Peter had known Jesus and had walked with him, but yet he still denied him three times. And we don't know exactly why, but perhaps because he was afraid of what this could mean for him at the time. But here he is now, transformed. And the only explanation we get is, it's Easter. So if we go a few verses ahead to chapter 21, we see that Peter is restored. And so he is not shamed by Jesus for denying him. And I want to read these verses because we won't come around to them for some time until we go back to year C, which is going to be in 2025. So it'll be some time before we get there. And so I just want to, I want to read it to remind you, and if, if not, at the least remind myself of what happened between the Peter that denied Jesus three times, the Peter that has been restored, and today the Peter preaching and acts. So I want to, I'm going to use this version of uh, an indigenous translation of the New Testament because I think it's the closest to the Greek because in English the way the, the words that are translated for love and like are different and so I think this translation really gets to it and, and whether that matters to you or not I just I want you to hear it this morning and this is right after the, 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 the gospel that we're reading to this morning so um, it goes when they had finished eating, Jesus took, took Peter and sat with him by the lake. He spoke to him using the name his family gave him. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than the others love me? Yes, Jesus, he answered. You know I am your friend. Then feed my lambs, Jesus said. Then a second time, Jesus asked, John, do you love me? Yes, Jesus, he answered him again. You know how deeply I care for you. Then watch over my sheep. 
Jesus asked him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me as a friend? And Peter felt his heart sink because he asked the third time, do you love me as a friend? Jesus, he said, you know all things. You must know how deeply I care for you. I am your friend. And here Jesus sends him to feed his lamb. And, and so I think this is the, the part that we were missing in this part of, of the gospel and our lesson because we want to make that connection of what happened with Peter, especially if you are, are someone that needs to hear it more than once. And I, I identify with that. So I, to me, it was helpful to see this transition of Peter denying, but also Peter being restored by Jesus. And then in our gospel, we see Thomas was not present at the first Easter appearance of Jesus. So here a week later, also not believing what his friends are saying to him. He didn't witness Jesus like the others had. And a lot of people really come for Thomas. Uh, on, uh, they sometimes even refer to it, not only Low Sunday, but Doubting Thomas Sunday. But I think that there is so much more, not only to Thomas, but to this gospel lesson. I don't think Thomas was out of line for saying what he said today in our gospel. I mean, if I'm completely honest with you, I always want to weigh the evidence for myself when making my own decisions. And I don't know, seeing Jesus crucified, seeing Jesus die, and then hearing his friends say that they had seen the Lord, it feels like an appropriate response. It was such a traumatic experience. And those of us who have had and experienced those, the details sometimes are blurry or sometimes the opposite happens and they are so vivid, these images in our minds are, are, are there that you just don't want to think about them again. You want to put them to the side or, or you just want to forget. That's what I've been told about birth as well. Those, those details and those things that you just forget later on. I'm not there yet, but I remember. <laughs> we don't know what Thomas was thinking. Maybe he was just too hurt and he couldn't even understand how something like this could happen. And I was, so I was curious about what Thomas was like before he was mentioned in our gospel today because I, we always get snippets, right? Pieces of, of the disciples and, and their everyday life. He was the one that when the news of Lazarus, Lazarus' death came, said, let's go. Knowing that Jesus was being persecuted and that this could mean death for them. You may remember that we read this a few weeks ago. And again, this is why we are encouraged to critically think about scripture. Isolating this passage makes us sometimes a little judgy towards this character based on these verses. This is, well, maybe this is just an assumption I'm making based on all the commentaries about Thomas that I had to go through to write this sermon. Or maybe I'm just being vulnerable and, and, and relating with Thomas sometimes. Instead, what could this, these scriptures be opening our minds and our hearts to today? Yes, Jesus asked Thomas a question about believing only because he saw, but he also did answer 
what Thomas was asking. He said, put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and, and out in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Easter does this. Easter did this for Peter, for Thomas, for you, and for me. We are transformed. Every part of our liturgy directs us to this truth. This is why we have our children flower the cross on Easter Sunday, as we saw last week, to symbolize the new life that emerges from Jesus' death on Good Friday. And yes, I did have to look that up because I was not sure why we flowered the cross. It is why our altar is adorned with lilies and why we use our copes or those fancy vestment-looking things on Easter. Because Easter does this. Easter is meant to change us, to empower us to preach and teach the good news like Peter goes on to do. Jesus' resurrection calls us to call out the injustices in our world, to stand and witness the love of God made known to us through the person of Jesus. I was on the plane headed to Kentucky when the tragedy at Old National Bank happened. I turned my phone on once we landed and I just saw a few messages from Than, my husband, with the news. And I just, I kind of just glanced at my phone and, and saw that five people were killed in downtown Louisville, Kentucky. When I travel for church work, I usually don't worry about getting picked up or even where we are staying because our agendas are kind of set and so there's, there's really no, no, um, no, no, not a lot of flexibility. We just get there and get to what we need to do. So honestly, if I'm completely honest, at this moment, I was just really questioning why I had agreed to do this the day after Easter Sunday. But it wasn't until we got picked up that I started to connect the dots and things kind of made sense that we were gathering at the Presbyterian Center, which is not even half a mile away from Old National Bank. And that's when I, I realized I needed to check in with family to let them know what was happening, that I was okay. And all I could do in that moment was pray for all those involved. The city was on lockdown, our plans changed, but then we gathered like we were scheduled to, and that just didn't seem, didn't sit well with me. We seemed desensitized to these news. Our lives kept going unlike for those who were directly impacted by, these, by this tragedy. I just kept thinking of the victims and their families, you know, and we were talking this morning with Father Dale that is it's different when you read it in the news and you see it and, and, uh, on TV, but it, it's completely different when you interact with people who have personal relationships with the victims. Another tragedy caused by our lack of common sense gun safety policies in this country. That parents don't have financial resources to bury their child that only live four hours. Another example of things happening in our world today, in our state. Our prayers need a resurrection. Our prayers need to experience Easter. And our prayers need to look differently today. My prayer for you is that we, and for myself, is that we may find ways to resurrect our relationship with hope, faith, and joy. 
May we pause as we read scripture and when approaching lessons such as today's, may we see and encounter the resurrected Jesus. Bishop Rob Wright reminds us we may, that we may dis, or encourages us to discover that Jesus finds ways through the doors that we lock because of fear. May we find that Jesus stands amongst us and says peace. Seeing a Jesus who is not afraid to show his wounds. Jesus' resurrection is about being transformed. It is not about being perfect, but about experiencing Christ in everyday life. Doing that over and over again and sharing that with others. And in doing so, allowing others to do the same when we are feeling a little empty. Howard Thurman reminds us resurrection is the announcement that life cannot ultimately be conquered by death that there is strength added when the labors increase, that multiplied peace matches multiplied trials, that life is bottomed by the glad surprise. Sharing love intentionally with our actions and our words. As we say every Sunday after we come and we gather together, that we may continue in that holy fellowship and do all such good works as thou hast prepared for us to walk in. May we seek the justice and dignity of every human being, and may we, like Thomas, at the witnessing of God, say, my Lord, my God. Amen. <laughs>